Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear and I wanted to make a commitment to parent for liberation. You are listening to the Parenting for Liberation podcast. I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each episode, I'm joined by other Black parents, and we discuss our journeys to push past our fears to raise our beautiful Black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping. Hey, y'all, this is Trina. Welcome to Parenting for Liberation podcast. Today, I have a special episode. I am here in the studio with this incredible being um, that is one of my faves, the greatest of all times. Terrence Hayes Jr., my son. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Terrence Stephen Hayes Jr. I am 13. I like to play baseball and I live with my crazy mom. <laughs> yes. And he has agreed to be on the podcast with me. So this is a this is a special episode. We will see what all the conversations we get into. Um, so first of all, what made you say yes to my request to get on the podcast? I don't know. It just sounded fun just to be on a podcast before. I've never been on it before. It just sounded fun. Good. And you know that we're going to like talk about our business. Yes, I know. You feel comfortable with that? Yes, I'm I'm correctly fine with that. Um, Do we want to create a safe word in case we get a little too deep? No. There's no such thing as that deep, too much deep. Because we get deep all the time. That's the most best part about the conversations. That's the best part. Mm -hmm. To get deep. All right, good. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, let's see first topic. So, y'all, we had talked about this podcast. We wrote out some topics. Um, Terrence calls me a nerd because I have a Google Doc um, that has literally... um, She's literally looking at her phone right now. Yes, I am. It's a Google Doc called... Do you want to know the name of this Google Doc, Terrence? Uh, Sure, for the audience. It's called... Uh, parenting for Terrence's liberation. But I'm bomb. So Terrence is a teenager, y'all, now. And, you know, I started this podcast and I started this organization. I started even talking about and exploring what does it mean to be a liberated parent when Terrence was probably around three. Um, I mean, I've always been thinking about it his whole life. But when I started to initiate these conversations, it was like in 20. 15 2016 so terrence maybe was like around five because you're born in 09 yeah do the math i don't know how to do math make me five or so um, are you supposed to be the nerd i am a nerd but ma- i know i'm really good at math too but whatever i thought it was science i suck at science actually and you know that because i was trying to help you with your homework and we did not have a good time um okay so one of the things early on when um terrence was little he wanted to Go outside and play. And folks who've listened to this podcast since the beginning know that I struggled with like letting him be out of my sight because I had a lot of fear back in the day. Still have some now. He'll let you know. Um, Still working to push. He's not in his head aggressively. (laughs) Still working to push past my fear um, to let him have more freedom. Um, But this question about his freedom and his will to move freely has come up again. I remember when we first had our first event. You remember that event when you were like a little kid and y'all made those capes? Yes, I did. And all the kids got to say like what they wanted their superpower to be? Yeah. Do you remember what yours was? I wish to have teleportation. Yes, you do. You remember. You wanted to teleport. Do you know why you wanted to teleport? So I can be free and run around and explore the world. Yes, and go where you wanted to go. Yeah. And that let me know back then when he was that little, he's like, I want to teleport. I was like, okay, this kid really wants some space to kind of like be free. And I remember struggling with that, raising a black boy. Um, and all the violence that we were witnessing. And so I remember being like, okay, let's see. 
At first, when we used to go outside to our little playground in our complex, at first, you only went outside if who was outside? You. Yes. Mom had to be outside. And then we got, y'all got a little bit older, and then it was okay if who was with you outside? My neighbor, Leslie. My neighbor, Leslie, or Araya, if Araya was over. Mm-hmm. And then... And then I used to be like, okay, you can go outside, even though Leslie was out there. What did I make you do every 10 to 15 minutes? Uh, Go to your house and say I'm still alive. Yes, he would literally run to the door, (laughs) knock on the door, or open the door and just scream, Mom! I'm still alive. I'm still alive, and then leave. And that's literally what he had to do, so I can feel like, okay, he's still alive, okay. And I realized, and I wrote about this in the book, like, it was wild to make a little kid have to come to the door and say, I'm alive. Um, and I remember I realized it when the little neighbor child came with him, a white kid, and he would be like, I'm alive. And I'd be like, duh, you're alive. It's I'm really concerned about this little black boy. And I realized it was like unfair. And so then we shifted from coming to the door and knocking. You know, y'all, I, I was trying every every so often. I would try to give him a little more freedom. What did you do after that? It was a little bit more funner than the other option, a little bit more random. But my friend Wesley she gave us walkie-talkies. Yes. So then I had a walkie-talkie. We both bought, both, both of the households bought the set of two. So the neighbor kid had a walkie-talkie and his caregiver had a walkie-talkie. And then I had a walkie-talkie. And then Terrence had a walkie-talkie. So we all were on the same channel. Because, you know, they didn't have cell phones. They were kids. Yeah. <laughs> now they have cell phones. So now, now what are you asking me to do as a teenager? What's your request now? It's not even to go outside and play. Where are you trying to go, boy? Um, maybe to the park by myself, or maybe I can walk to school. Oh my gosh, it's not that close. He always wants to walk home from school. He wants to meet, Mom, I'm going to the park after school. Just pick me up from the park, and ooh, child, it's it's a work in progress, y'all. I'll be letting him do it, Um, but I realize that, you know, freedom is an important thing, especially if I want to raise a liberated child. He needs to be free. He needs to have space to move and explore. So I'm working on it. Am I getting better? What do you think? Uh, You're getting better, but you're still a little bit more tense. I'm still tense. Still got to work on my fear. Yeah. Okay. Any tips on how I could do that? I don't know. I'm not a parent. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, well, I'm working on it. I know that this is the age where kids start to individuate, start to hang out with their friends more. I think the biggest thing for me is that I can trust you. Like, even if you're out with friends, like, can I trust that everything I've instilled in you that you know um, to make the best choices? And also, I give you this lecture that I know you hate. And I'm sure a lot of black parents give their kids these lectures about being out at the mall or at the park or in the community with peers. Um, What do you have to be mindful of? Got to be mindful for racist people or any type of person that may be on drugs or I don't know. Because I never, like, experienced it yet. I'm glad I'm not experiencing it. But that's all I know for now. Just to be alert. I don't know about this thing about people on drugs. But I guess people who are not well is what? Yeah. But, yeah, I do think that I've tried to encourage you to just be alert without also trying to make you be hypervigilant. You know, it's a it's a catch-22, y'all. It's hard. We want our kids to be kids. We want them to have free dumb and not have to have all the stress and pressure of like oh maybe there's someone racist or maybe there's a cop in the area but we do have to also simultaneously give them the tools um to be safe and so yeah parents out there i'm asking terrence he said he don't know i wonder if other parents are dealing with a similar 
question or concern. If so, put it in the chat on the podcast. Okay, so we're going to talk about the situation that happened at Terrence School. Every day after school, I normally, when I'm picking Terrence up, he'll text me, you know, like to meet him, pick him up at the park or the school or whatever. And so this time I'm texting him. I'm like, hey, where am I? Where am I picking you up from? Where you at? He's not replying. Now the bell has rang, I know. So now I'm like texting again, no response. So now I'm calling because like it's after school, you can have your phone out. No answer, no answer, no answer. And I'm like, if you don't answer this phone, like what is going on? Finally, he texts me back. The school is on lockdown. I can't talk. I'm all like, why? And he's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, what classroom are you in? And then he's like, why? And I'm like, what the? And at this time, I was literally outside, like down the street from the school, but I was like stuck in this long line. All the parents know the long pickup line. So I couldn't see like what was happening at the school because I was in the pickup line. So I'm like, when he says school lockdown, I like literally skip the line, drive around and illegally park right behind seven police cars. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, heck's nah. Like what? So I'm trying to ask him, I'm like trying to pull up his school schedule and be like, what is his teacher class number for the last period of school? Because this mama is going into this school to get her baby. And, you know, my, you know, everything flashes before your eyes. You freak out. You're like, what is happening? There's a school lockdown. This is not that far after the shooting that happened in Texas. Like there's just so much going through your mind. And um, and the school doesn't even notify you. You don't even know. And I get out, I hop out my car, I run up to the police. I'm like, what's going on? What's the status of the situation? And they let me know like that there was a threat of a school, of a, of a, of a weapon on campus, but it was a false alarm. So they're going to release the students now. So parents, I don't know, that is the most scariest thing that you can ever experience. And mind you, this is probably Terrence is like what? third or fourth week at public school because he hasn't been in public school. So I'm like, this is a lot. I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. So then he gets to the car and I'm all like, oh my gosh, did you know what was happening? So that's what happened from my end. Terrence, what happened from your end? From my end, uh, the announcement said, all teachers and students must stay in their rooms at all times. Do not leave, blah, blah, blah. Don't speak. That's all they said. And everyone did not know what was happening. Some kids were messing around. I was just sitting there and just waiting until the until we were excused to go. Yeah. And I was trying to ask this kid what was his class number because, you know, I'm about to do a whole escape attempt in case I need to because what I learned about what happened in Texas and how those parents had to go in and get their own kids because the school police officers or the city police officers did not go in and get those kids. So I was like, I'm going to be that parent. And Terrence was so adamant that I not know the classroom. And so we got into a little argument. So, yeah, do you remember what what was that about? Why didn't you want me to know the classroom? Because we could have both got shot. We could have just led it to other kids instead of everyone else getting shot, too. But you didn't even know that there was a gun or any incident. Like, they didn't tell you anything. So why, legit, did you not want to give me the classroom? Because Go ahead. You go. Because your text message was like, why do you want to know, Mom? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe a bomb threat. Maybe like, I don't know, some wild people, drug addicts, anything could be in the school. Let's rewind. What is up with you and people in drugs? Why you got so much drama? People in drugs, they never hurt you. Yeah, they can. (laughs) They're like violent. Not necessarily so. All people who are on drugs are not violent. Well, yeah, I feel like you got some the, stuff around drug drugs. I don't know who gave you this narrative. Some people on drugs can't be violent. Some people are not. You know what I mean? Like 
Some people are on self-medicating because it's stressful out here in these streets. Some people are self-medicating because they can't get to a doctor and get real prescriptions. Like, you know, I don't want to make this narrative that everybody on drugs is like a villain. Yeah. Okay. Let's not do that. Okay. Sorry. That was a whole sidebar. But okay. So you were the, the, the thing that I was experiencing, right? Because before I pulled up to the school, I didn't actually know what was happening. And based on your text messages to me, you didn't know what was happening. You're just like, mom, why do you need to know what class I'm in? What are you about to do? And you were like, I can't be on my phone. And I'm like, no, you have to respond to me now. Like, you don't understand what it means to be in a school lockdown. And so there was something happening for you at school in that classroom. And you did not want to give me information. What was that about? Because we had a whole little beef about it afterwards. Like, this is a serious thing that you didn't even know was happening. Because I didn't think you would do anything. I was like, what are you going to, what are you going to do about it? You didn't even know what it was. You don't even know what it was, neither. I knew it was something serious when I saw those police. And you didn't know it was a lot of police outside. So I'm just asking you, as a kid on the inside of the classroom, being on lockdown, and your mom is like, what classroom are you in? You're like, why? Don't ask me why. Tell me what class you're in. I'm over here trying to pull up your school calendar. I'm not trying to get you killed for no reason. But did you even know that that was happening? I don't know. I don't remember, but I remember someone said, I think there's a shooting or something. Oh, one of the kids may have said Or maybe the announcements said it. I forgot. No, the announcements would never say that. Are you sure? Yeah. They wouldn't. They are not supposed to, like, scare the kids into saying that. They just say, like, go to your classroom, lock the doors, everyone stay, don't move, don't say anything. But most kids probably can put one and two together, obviously, because of so many shootings happening. So, yeah, we just had to have an agreement, sir, that... If it's an emergency like that, like I need to know as much information about where you are and your location. And then then we had a conversation about what, like if you needed to escape, where would I meet you or pick you up? Like a safety location, you know, you know me, I go extra. Yeah. But at the core of it, like that's a traumatic event to happen early in the school year, don't you think? Not for me. It wasn't? I really, like I didn't say I did care, but I really didn't care. I was like, I want you to care more, babe. That's stressful. Not and for maybe, me. and maybe I think that's what a lot of young people, again, coming out of twenty twenty, right? Like where there's been so much, just so much, and y'all witness so much violence. Y'all see so much on the news. You know, this is related to another topic, which is. Do y'all young people of this generation know too much too soon because you have access to everything on technology? There were things that like back in the day, like young people were protected from, you know, like we didn't know all the stuff that was happening in the world. But now y'all know all the violence and things that are happening. Like there's no way to kind of protect you all from that information. And I wonder if that makes y'all like more numb. Uh, Maybe other kids are not as numb, but like I'm numb in a way. How does that make you feel? I'm just sort of like relaxed and calm about everything. I don't think I don't see things as a big deal as much as you do. Yeah, I am a little extra. Maybe I got anxiety or something. And you chill. Maybe you chill and I got the anxiety. It's quite possible because I overanalyze and overthink everything, and yeah. I don't need to put that on you. And like maybe that is good that you're chill and like not letting stuff overwhelm you. Because sometimes I wonder if I tell you too much about the real world too soon, like. You know a lot about racism and sexism and classism and all the things that impact you, you know, even about school. You know, we talk a lot about how, you know, you, how you feel about school. Uh, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. I feel, sometimes I feel like school is like a waste of time and just 
wants kids to be stressed out and make kids feel like they're dumb and don't know anything. Really? That's how school makes you feel? Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that because that's not what school is supposed to do. And I feel you, though, because I've worked in the educational system, public school system. And, yeah, there are some educators who aren't necessarily invested in the kids' um, well-being and mental health and actually showing them that they care. They just want you to, like, study this thing, pass this test, and keep it moving, you know? Um, it's lost the the joy that it's supposed to bring kids and make them love learning and make them excited about all the things that they can know. Like, you're not excited about school anymore. No, I'm not. And so I think I've talked to you a little bit too real about, like, you know, school is a piece of the puzzle of the game of life. You got to get it done. You need to get the grades so you can get the to graduate and maybe go to college if that's what you want to do and go to college to get a job. And when I told you that, what did you say about that life trajectory? What did I say? I don't remember. What do you think about the idea that you go to school, then you graduate from high school, then you then you go to college, then you do school some more, and then you go and then the next goal is to get a job? How do you feel about like that is the plan for life for most young people? For most young people? How do you feel about just that? going to school, doing what you don't want to do for the rest of your life, that's just sad to me. It's like, you need to live your life. You're still a kid. You're still young. You still can do whatever you want. What do you mean by whatever you want? Like, you could like hang out with your friends. It depends on your age, what you can do on your age. Like, if you're, like, 18 or something, you could drive. You can drive your car, like, go on a road trip with your friends. Uh, watch movies, socialize, do something, spend spend the night. So you're talking about rather than like focus on school and college and education, like having a social life. Yeah. But how do you afford your social life if you don't got a job and you didn't go to school and you did da da da? I never said you didn't have to go to school. You can like you have to balance it more like balance. That's important. I remember when I was telling you about like yes, because you was like how many years for high school? I'm like it's four more years, and you're like okay, and then after that what? I'm like then four years of college to get a degree, and you was like and after that I was like then you get a job, and then you're like so then you just go to school just to get a job to work, and then you're like and that's all you do, and you looked at our lives as adults, and you were like y'all work all the time, and y'all not even happy. And you were like, why do we, why, why is that what life is made of? Remember you asked me that? Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> why do you still feel that way? I want like, for the kids out there, I want to be like a SpongeBob life. SpongeBob life? Is that realistic? Yeah, he loves his job. He loves working his job. At the patty, what is that? At the crab, at the Krusty Krab. Krusty Krab. He loves his job. So you yes. want to have a job that you love when you grow up? Yes. I think everybody wants a job that they love, but a lot of people don't have that. Do you know why? Why do you think that? Because most of the things people don't want to do is work. They want to have it easy to them. But SpongeBob, he likes to work, and he's just manipulated. Who manipulates him? Mr. Krabs. Well, dang, that means he's been manipulated to like what he does, that he really doesn't like what he does. He's been manipulated? Well, he's not getting manipulated. He's like following orders he's loving what he's doing but he doesn't see what he's really doing he's having fun while doing it hmm dang you are talking about capitalism but you're using a cartoon do you know that yes i do oh okay so capitalism is just the way that our infrastructure is set up that we focus on money income inequity that happens in resources and everybody works to make money and um 
And it just feels like you're saying that people are living a life unfulfilled and then people are being manipulated to say that they love what they do, but really they're just being manipulated by the boss or the owners of the companies. Yes. So, geesh, that's a criti- a criticism on our lives as adults. So that's what I was saying. You were saying, like, that doesn't seem like the life worth living. You said you think you like SpongeBob, but then you just literally said, but SpongeBob is being manipulated by the capitalistic system. Yes. That's odd. But you know what's more crazy? What's crazy? Like, picture a, like, a smart kid, a rich kid, and a kid that's in the middle, and a kid that's poor. What is more likely to be successful? I don't know. I don't, I don't, it depends on how you define success though. Do you define success by wealth? Do you define success by uh, knowledge and smarts? Do you define, I'm asking you. I think it just depends. I'm just saying, like, how do I define wealth? No, not like that. Just picture a rich kid. A rich kid? Yeah. So a rich kid, a kid that's that's smart, a kid that's average, and a kid that's poor. Which is more successful? Well, first of all, I know you want me to just answer the question, but you know, that's not <laughs> because you're 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 making the assumption that the smart kid is the smart kid rich or poor. Like what why do you just a smart kid? So he's smart with no resources? He's just smart. Well, I think most smart people can figure out ways to make resources. That's not the, uh, the answer is the rich kid because the rich kid has money. Do you think that money makes you happy though? The money doesn't make you happy, but he has more money, so he has more like access opportunity. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean happiness. So he like he can buy cars, he can buy like big houses. But is that happiness? And he doesn't work for it. People don't even matter about happiness anymore. They just want money. That's problematic. But that's why that, that's why our nation I think is so sick. Like everybody's mentally and emotionally sick. Like I don't think that that equals happiness. Happiness could be I don't even have a lot of money, but I live, you know, off the grid, you know, like I live in some farmland or some island and I have my children. Like there's a lot of people who have left American society for that reason, because everything is about money and is about um, what you can buy and what you can earn. And it's like you don't actually get to enjoy time, like being with your family, being with your kids, seeing them grow up, enjoying life. Going to the park, going to the beach, you know, spending time with your friends, like the things that you talked about that you want to do. If the focus is just on money, you lose all of that. Well, it's a good balance between money, too, because everything that we're doing costs money. It's everything. True. The people but, should are it, but should it cost money? Well, it needs to keep the worth. It's all about the worth. Well, like, should we have to pay for like things like water? So we have to pay for things like electricity. Like, you know, don't get me don't get me all on my like this whole capitalistic nation where they charge us for everything that we should just have access to because Mother Earth has it. Yeah. Like, who said that this person owns that piece of land? It doesn't even belong to them. And not, don't even let me get on like the indigenous people whose land this really is. Like, how dare we try to divvy it up and buy it and sell it and say who owns it when it's literally the indigenous people of this country's land and they don't even own a lot of it because of capitalism and white supremacy, okay? Yeah, now you're taking it back to that SpongeBob auction. How is it connected to SpongeBob? You were saying about, like, how things should be free, Mm -hmm. but people have to work to get that like electricity people like have to work to make that thing so would you get paid for doing nothing or you will get paid for doing something 
I guess the question is really like, why does everything we do have to have a fee? So even if I'm doing this, right, like um, I'm doing it because it's my gift. It's, I'm doing this because this is what I'm good at. I'm doing this because this is my contribution to society, to the world, right? If I didn't have to pay for things, then I would still be doing it because I just love to do it because that's who I am, right? Like the person who invented electricity or the light bulb, they weren't doing it because they wanted to make money. They were doing it because they were trying to create a thing that they thought would be great, you know? Um, I don't think that, you know, like you're playing baseball right now. You're not getting paid to do it. You're doing it because you love it. Yeah. But, I mean, if you became a Major League Baseball player, you would love that because you would get hella money, right? But you need money to play baseball. But that's the thing. If everything didn't have a fee, you wouldn't need money. But, like, if you're working, like, a phone, uh, someone built, like, thousands of phones, they need a lot of resources, a lot of money, a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. If they just make it, like, if they just make it without, like, money and resources, you would not get a good like iPhone 13 you'll probably have like a iPhone 1 or something <laughs> hey don't talk about the throwback iPhones I mean I think we're saying somewhat similar things I'm just trying to get you to see that what I hear a lot of young people saying and what you've actually said to me before it's interesting that today you're being devil's advocate um it could be because we're on the podcast but it's interesting because normally when I talk to you about this stuff, you do have questions about why is society set up in this way where everything is about money and like you have to have money to live. It's funny. You're being the devil's advocate probably because, you know, because when a parent says a thing, the kid always says the opposite <laughs> opposite thing. So today you're saying the opposite, which is cool. But I didn't know you were so capitalistic, bro. I didn't know you was all about the sh money, honey. It's not about the sh money. What is it about? It's about balance. Balance. That's true because my fairy tale vision is about the future of the world that I hope to see. Like I hope that there's a future where where, you know, future generations aren't struggling um to have clean water and they're not struggling um to have electricity or power that it's not a struggle for people that it should just be accessible because mother nature created it. And um, I would hope that we would get to a place where in society, like, I'm just thinking about this Afrofuturistic idea of a black community who is supporting each other, lifting each other up. Everybody's contributing to the community. They're utilizing their gifts. And it's not competitive. It's collaborative. We're interdependent and we're working together. I think that's the vision of the world I want to see. And that's just my little fairy tale that I'm going to keep fighting for. What do you? What, what's your vision of the world that you want to see? Uh, for me personally... It's a weird option. I start thinking about it. Uh, thinking about it, I want what I really want. The thing I want to do, really, like in general, like one time or maybe a few times when I get older, I want to be like driving like a like a Mustang with the like the roof without like the roof thing mm -hmm. down, like driving by the beach, a sunset, just listening to some some music while there's like barely any cars. That's all. I just that's what I picture it. If I try to go into school, I just want that hap that to happen so I can be happy and see how good life is for so you, others. So good life for you would be riding free down the highway next to the beach with or the maybe, top riding down. down. Riding this down the street, but like a straight line so you can see the, all the water and stuff, all the people. On. Like up the coast. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. That's what I like to do. I can see you doing that. That's possible. Drive my own you can do that. Mustang. Mustang. I never knew you wanted a Mustang. You like knew that. that. 
You know, you be you have all kind of car fantasies, huh? you know. You have all kind of car fantasies that I don't even know what they are. Be like, oh, I didn't know that car existed. Um, well, I hope we continue to talk about these conversations and continue to think about capitalism. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about school. We talked about the school lockdown, violence on campuses. Talked about the significance or purpose of school. And also thinking about what does the future hold for next generations? Hopefully one that you say has more balance between the things that you have to do to survive and also just having the space to kind of live and be free. And how do we have both of those? Um, I don't think we're going to get the answer right now, but this was a juicy conversation. I appreciate you for being in it with me. Mm. All right. That's it for this episode. All right. See you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope that something shared on this episode helps you on your journey to liberated parenting. To learn more about our other episodes, check out our website at www.parentingforliberation.org backslash podcast. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a good review. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed, no more backward thinking, time for thinking again.